0: And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Hey lady, welcome back. Thank you as always so much for being a part of the Fit and Fierce tribe and for taking some of these words to heart, which you know is always my intention to each and every one of you. This topic that we're going to chat about today, I actually was able to speak on this past weekend during this amazing event called the Break Free event, a really interesting take on changing ourselves and shifting ourselves mentally, emotionally, physically, great group of women. And I didn't just want this message to be heard by the amazing women that what I was surrounded by that day. I knew that it was really important that I wanted to share it with all of you. And I want you to share it with any woman in your life that you know needs to hear it. It's probably all of us. Self-love, kind of something we're all working towards, right? Or something we think that we need to be working more towards. It's also a topic that is a main, main focus with all of my one-on-one clients and definitely in my new group coaching, the Mindset and Muscle Coaching group. It's the, one of the first modules that we go over in that group because unless we start to tackle these inner pieces, unless we start to really dive into this, it's not going to matter. None of the external work that we do is going to matter unless we first hit that internal piece. So self-love, what does it actually look like? What does it mean? How do you get it? How do you figure it all out? My journey with self-love started when I was five. I think I've shared this uh, story on the podcast before, but if you're new or it doesn't, you don't remember, maybe I didn't, I will share it again. It's pretty powerful. It was a big turning point in my life. And once I realized that, I could start to see how that played out for so long. When I was in kindergarten, I was sitting cross-legged on the floor, on our carpet time as we always usually did, And I looked down, I pinched a roll on my stomach. Let's be honest, who, when we're sitting hunched over, can't pinch a roll on their stomach. And I, clear as day, clear as day, can see everything about this day, can picture where I am. And I remember thinking, if I could just get rid of this, I would be perfect. I was five years old. That storyline played out and snowballed for my childhood, through my adolescence, through my college years, through my adult life, until recently, actually, that storyline got to have its glorious day in the spotlight over and over and over and over again. But I took that eventually, and I was able to see that and address that. And begin to transform that. And that's what I'm going to share with all of you. What I actually did. What are something that you can do? Instead of just talking about we need to do self-love and it needs to be all of these things. Yeah, you're right. We do. But unless we have the tools in front of us to do it, big deal. It doesn't matter. Like You can have this amazing art project, but unless you have... The paints and the canvas and everything, you can't really pursue what you want to do with it. You have to know and master the tools so you can actually start to implement it. So how do we begin to weed out what are those disordered thoughts that are running through our mind all the time, those storylines, and see when it is my higher self, when it is my love for myself talking. The other day, I was getting ready to go to yoga, and I was filling up my water bottle. And at the drinking fountain, there was a poster about a core class that they're starting. And the woman on the flyer was in a plank, cute little crop top, cute little leggings, booty was popping out of that thing. And her body was a body that I still look at to this day and deeply crave, deeply crave. And I thought, I have to look like her. I have to, I better do an extra yoga class. What can I not eat as much of? I've been eating too many fats. Okay, if I eliminate those and then maybe hit a little bit harder at the gym and okay, okay, how how, how can, and I stopped myself right then and there because I'm evolved because I practice self-love. I stopped myself and I said, well, why Megan, why did I think that this woman had something that I didn't what did I think about her and right in that moment I realized I thought that this woman had her shit together she was a stranger I literally knew nothing about her she wasn't even somebody who went to the gym she was just a model who was probably airbrushed who was I don't know anything more about it than that I don't know if she had her shit together I also thought I bet she's accepted. I, so badly growing up, was wanting to fit in. I was bigger than my friends. I was a larger kid, and that was something I was so self-conscious of. I didn't want to stand out, and I really didn't think that she did. I bet she fit in. I bet she was accepted. I also told myself for so long, and I still do, um, that I wasn't athletic, And she looks athletic. That's athletic, right? Pay attention to these storylines. We're going to dive into these a little sooner. But in those moments, I realized those are the three judgments that I made about her. That was this magnificent plot line that I created for a picture. Why was I giving those words To a woman, why was I elevating her vibration and telling her that she has her shit together, that she's loved and accepted, that she fits in, that she's athletic, that she's strong? Why am I giving my vibrations of that thought to her, but I'm taking it away from me? How twisted is that? How twisted is it that we do it? And I know I'm not alone in that. Self-love isn't ever going to be done self love isn't ever going to be mastered. We think that if we start this self love journey that we have to be perfect at it, which in irony is exactly what we're trying to move away from. We're trying to move away from the thought that we need to be perfect in our body, but somehow we need to be perfect in our self love. Like the day you wake up and roll over that you're on your self love journey, you look in the mirror, you have to love and accept yourself even if you want to change yourself, you can never have a negative thought about yourself. That's not how it works. Our ego is always speaking to us. Our ego is there for a reason. It's there to kind of create that contrast to keep us in check. That's human nature. We need that. But we need to be able to say again, when are those disordered thoughts speaking? When is that ego speaking? When is the storyline speaking? And when is my truth speaking? Your truth doesn't speak that shit over you. So if it's coming out that way, I guarantee, first of all, it's not your truth. First check that you can take on yourself. And I also said, just because you're on a self-love journey doesn't mean that you have to never want to change. You never want to grow and evolve. That's cool. That's part of being human. We're not stagnant. We're always doing something. We're always ebbing. We're always flowing. We can always want to push and do something new. But with all of that said, we have to say, where is that push? Where is that drive coming from? Is it coming from positivity or is it coming from negativity? Ask, of all of the negative words that you've spoken over your body, have any of them ever once changed it? Has it ever changed when I looked at that picture of that woman and thought that I would kill to have that definition in her abs? Did I magically get them? Nope. Every time I put it on a pair of jeans and I was pissed that my thighs looked that the way they did, didn't slim them down? Nope. But it perpetuated a story about it. It perpetuated a story that this is the body that I'm stuck in forever. We again are choosing our words. We are choosing the path that we want to be. I know that starting this journey is scary. I know that being in this journey is scary. But why not try something different? I mean, truly, what do you have to lose? If what you try, if this self-love, if this self-acceptance, if this new path doesn't work, guess what? You can go back to what you're doing now. What I'm going to say, quote unquote, is working for you. If it was working for you, you probably wouldn't be in-depth listening to this right now. Somebody told me recently that you don't have to learn to love yourself. You have to remember that there was nothing wrong with you in the first place. One more time for the people in the back. You don't have to learn to love yourself. You have to remember that there was nothing wrong with you in the first place. But the storylines we created, that's where we got off track. And that's where we're going next storylines keep us stuck. We've talked a lot about these on the podcast. You have to stop t- telling yourself these same stories. You, ha- I had to stop five-year-old Megan from telling six, seven, eight, 20, 25, 28-year-old Megan the same lies about herself, especially taking a look at what storylines you're using to define yourself. I said earlier too in that, that I was always bigger, so that meant I wasn't accepted. That that was the definition of me. I also said that I wasn't athletic, something that I continually spew over and over again. Even when I'm training, on the floor, in the gym, training ladies, I will tell them I'm not athletic. I'm picking up heavy shit. I'm doing burpees. I'm doing jump knee tucks. I'm running around. I have done things in my life. I'm not saying that to be boastful. I'm saying that that that's honest to God truth. So why do I keep perpetuating that I'm not athletic? Look at what you're telling yourself over and over and over again. This is what caused us to do certain actions and certain behaviors. These are the things that are doing it. These are the things that are getting yourself stuck. And we're going to talk in just a couple moments of then what do we do? So great. Okay. So I tell myself these stories about myself, but what am I doing? How do I do it different? I don't know. I really don't know. Let's use an example of a lady that I've been working with. And truthfully, myself. I've had to have the same conversation with myself as well. Um, But more recently, I was with somebody I was working with. Or you. Thinking about, all right, I have a certain goal weight that I want to be. I have a number on the scale. So then as I was talking to my client and she was very frustrated that this, she wasn't seeing this number, that she wasn't getting to this place that she wanted to be. I asked, okay, so were you ever at this weight before? Was this some place that you've ever been before? And really examine what was happening in your life the last time that you were. Was it good? Was it bad? What was different about your life then than now? What was the same about what it is then and now? When we're motivated by external pieces, eventually we lose that drive. When we reach goals, we begin to feel empty after we've reached it, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's physically or in a non-physical part of your life. We're kind of left with this now what? Because when we are driven by those external things, we're not attached to it. It's not important deeply, deeply to us. We don't have our emotions tied to it. So we have to start to look at and we have to start to feel, well, why? Why does this being in this space, why does looking like that girl on the poster for me, why is that important? What does that signify to me? What did her flat stomach and her poppin' little booty signify to me? To me, it signified that she had her shit together. To me, it signified that she was accepted, that she didn't stand out of the crowd. Okay. So where does my life look like in that space? Where does my life look like if I'm loved, if I'm accepted, if I have my shit together, quote unquote? I don't know. Tell me. Whoever has their shit together, let me know. What does life look like there? But really, seriously, the more power that I gave to this woman, the more power that I gave to this storyline of something that I imagined in my head, the more I was losing my motivation. The more that that was holding power over me. Because if I give my power to an external factor... I'm also allowing that external factor to take the power away from me. I totally lose that if I give it to something else. I want my power. I want my choices. You need to own your power. You need to stop giving it away to whatever it is that's making you feel inferior. If it's a scale, do you realize that you're giving your power to a pair of AA batteries and a screen? So basically, like a Game Boy. Basically, um like a coffee maker that's plugged in, but still you get the gist. It's an electric power source and a screen. That's what you're giving your power to. I'm not letting the microwave choose things in my life. I'm not letting the microwave dictate if I've had a good or a bad day, but I sure let my scale do it. I sure let my phone do it. I sure do all these other things. But why? Why? Because we've been ingrained to, and that's okay. But just I'm accepting that and questioning that and putting some pushback on that and not saying that this is how things have to be forever. That line that I tell myself, how do we change that thought? How do we change that action? And eventually, how do we change that behavior? When we talk about behavior change, we need to first identify what our trigger is. So my trigger was seeing that photo. My thought, she had her shit together. She was loved. She was accepted. She was perfect. She was athletic. My feeling, well, crap. I'm not those things. I'm worthless. I'm not loved. I'm not accepted. I'm never going to be. My action, immediately going to what I needed to do so I could change my body so it looked like this girl. The Photoshop picture on the wall. I don't want that to be, so I need to first find a new trigger to maintain the behavior pattern that I really want. That might always be my trigger, that picture, but how then do I notice that that's a negative trigger and change my thoughts, feelings, and actions around that? It comes with creating a plan. We can't change things if we don't have a plan. Plain and simple. It just feathers out and we lose that momentum, we lose that drive. So coming up with a plan and really setting yourself up to be successful. For my ladies, I have them, when we've identified their trigger, their thought, their feeling, their actions, and how they want to shift it forward, I have them then create a mantra about the way that they want to think, the way that they want to feel. So for me... My mantra is, I have my shit together. I am loved. I am worthy. I am valued. I'm accepted. That's my new mantra. So I set an alarm in my phone five days a week. Five days a week. I always say that five times a day. Maybe five days a week, but five times a day. And when that alarm goes off in my phone, I repeat that mantra to myself. I like to use my reminder setting. So I can just put the mantra in, it comes up, I can look at it, really quickly say it, and then move forward with my day. I also use sticky notes and I put them on my steering wheel. Thankfully, we have hands-free talking devices now, so people think that I'm the storyline they created about me was she's on an important call with somebody, not she's repeating what the sticky note says on her steering wheel about how she is worthy and valued you need to really start to dig into that and you need to take that surface level out of it and keep digging until you've found truly what that surface level, what is really below that surface level. Then you have to not only use those journal prompts or the, those mantras over and over again, you have to show yourself it. You have to give yourself the evidence of what you're doing. You need to write out how you want to feel. I want to feel confident. I want to feel proud. I want to feel accepted. I want to feel worthy and loved, whatever it is. And then you have to go back and reflect on how you're doing that throughout the day. I'm totally crushing life because I did blah, blah, blah. I'm giving myself the evidence of how I'm already stepping into the person that I want to be. And the more that I do that, the more that my brain is telling me that I'm that way, The more that I'm going to continue to do that, the more momentum that gives, and I'm not showing myself that yet again, I failed. It's adding those things. It's repeating that over and over and over again. It's that working on the reframing, the noticing when those negative thoughts are creeping into your head and what do you need to do so they are different. Reframing is what I have for one of my strong intentions for 2020 Every time you talk about your body in a way that you aren't happy with, how do you how you want it to be different? How you're stuck here? How you don't like X Y Z? You're perpetuating that cycle. You have to start to begin to catch yourself in it and put an automatic reframe. And it's something that takes a lot of practice. But the more that you do it, the more habitual it becomes. The more it isn't such an a hardwired thought it's just an automatic really stepping into how you want to feel versus how you want to look embody that emotion be that person do things in your everyday that allows you to be that person that is the beginning of self-love that is the journey of what self-love really is Remember, if you didn't hear it in the beginning, you don't have to learn to love yourself. You have to remember that there was nothing wrong with you in the first place. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fears podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.